0: Hello and welcome to a special Trap 1 field report from Pandorica 2023 at the Futures in Bristol. I'm Pete and
1: I've travelled all the way from Birmingham.
2: I'm Conrad, and I've travelled all the way from Oxford. And
1: I'm Brendan, and I have travelled all the way from Sydney, Australia, via Guadalajara, Mexico. You've
2: always got to go one better. There's always <laughs> someone trying to one-up you, isn't
1: there? Uh, welcome to
0: your first Trap 1 field report, I think, Yes, Brendan. Yes, my
2: first,
1: Yeah, my first
2: Trap 1 in person. You really went above and beyond yeah. to come all the way over for a field report. It's quite a long way to go. Welcome yeah. welcome to our hemisphere. Thank I hope you're you. having a nice time. Thank you, I am, I am. I have
1: been in... The country for about thirty hours. <laughs> <laughs> did you
0: manage to spend some of them sleeping? Yes, you did. Okay, yes. that's about a good five,
1: story. according to my watch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, we are here for um, the the annual um, autumn, autumn shindig uh, of Pandorica, uh, and it's been um, it's been a pretty lively day, hasn't it? It started out looking a little bit ropey, didn't it? They were having every single stroke of bad luck that a convention organizer can have.
2: Yeah, it think, seemed. Yeah, we, I think a couple of weeks ago we had a sort of big uh, first big cancellation with Camille Kaduri not able to make it, which is a yeah, which is a, a big blow. I
0: think. Work-related things, you know, these, these things happen. Yeah. But then there seems to have been like an outbreak of colds and flus, and it wasn't, it wasn't a train strike. It was a train. It, some trains got Katie Manning's train got cancelled, but they managed to get her on another train.
1: Yes, that's right, because some of the train lines had flooded.
0: Flooding, of course, yeah. Um, and then Peter Purvis, who was going to be here this morning, then he wasn't going to be here till tomorrow because, well, I didn't hear...
1: You just... Yeah, so he he ended up being here right for the end of the day because uh, he was going to be on the first panel with Carol Ann Ford and he ended up being on the last by himself. Mm. Uh, and what, ha- what he explained happened to him was, um, so he drove to the train station, got on the train, got halfway to Bristol... Um, and realised that he'd left his wallet Which had his actual train tickets He's, he's old school, he's yeah. a paper tickets kind of guy yeah, he? So, yeah. so he <laughs> yeah. got off train, went back oh, no. Went to his car No wallet in the car dri- Drove the 45 <laughs> minutes to get home And found it in the drawer of his desk because he had been doing some online banking (laughs) um and and then it was going to be he'll be here tomorrow but uh the convention organizers figured out well if you get to this
2: station we'll send someone to pick you up in a car (laughs) actually
0: someone has gone to get him yeah there have been lots
2: of those stories today lots of people didn't quite make it and all this stuff but we've made it so we're here. So. Yeah, and <laughs> so, and
0: and the show went on, and and everything got rolling. And uh, so
2: last night started off with
0: a quiz that we didn't win. So let's not talk no, about okay, that. I mean, would we, we come eighth? We seven, came like seven. sixth of fifteenth. Uh, so yeah, okay, yeah. respectable. No, 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 no.
2: But also, you know, we did quite well because we there's a good invasion <laughs> contingent here. So our mm. team name was Quizabelle Watkins Fab Gear. So I and thought was it, we, was we it did at well.
0: breakfast that you went up to the actress in question and told her that she was the name of our quiz team? Yeah, we she was so polite to you because why would she give a fuck.
2: But in fact, <laughs> she was very nice I to I helped you. to get her a cup of tea this morning. So <laughs> oh, frankly, <okay. laughs> she me. It's good we have her in the bank. So yeah, quiz last night and then today was the first day proper. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and yeah, we kicked off with, uh, with Carol Anford, um, yeah. uh, who was in, in on good form and, and very, very chirpy and... Um, because she'd been to the premiere, hadn't she she'd been to the um yes. as a lot of them had, yeah. And obviously, everyone was trying to uh, get her to even hint, and she wouldn't even drop a hint, would she, about the things no. that she's not allowed to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see.
2: But lots to talk about with the Daleks' colorization and her thoughts on that, and various anniversary things. So it a less-
0: hot, hot topic of whether Barbara's blouse was really pink, um, which she agreed it wasn't. But then that maybe yeah, you know that's that's creative control because that's the thing if if sort of creative. Um, uh, license by the colourisers, because they've got to be thinking they didn't wear bright colours because they knew it was black and white. Mm. If it had been colour, then maybe they would have done, yeah. But she's, yeah, I mean, she certainly seems perfectly happy with it being colourised and, and, and the, the new shorter version being available too, does not she?
2: Yeah, and I felt like there was a bit just, that, you know, given that we are in the 60th anniversary month, it felt very, very cool, actually, because mm. we take, take these things for granted a lot, mm. but actually I was sat, sat there looking going... My God, that's somebody from the first ever episode of Doctor Who, and not just somebody—the <laughs> yes. titular Unearthly Child. Is. Yes. It's like that is—that's yes. amazing. Yes, yeah. and she did also comment on the whole Unearthly Child rights situation, just yeah. saying
1: it's a great pity that it's not there. She's like, I'm not quite sure yeah. what is but expected it's... to be achieved, but mm-hmm. she's like, I think she had, she had said, I think it was something along the lines of, yeah, it's a detriment to the viewer to not. Oh fully know where these characters have come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I thought she put it very clearly, but very diplomatically. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was, and, and it's all I've, I've seen it a thing before, and it is always interesting hearing her talk about where she was at as a twenty-one-year-old actor who didn't who was hired specifically to play a, a creepy telepathic mysterious teenager, and she got to play that for one week, and it wasn't broadcast. And yeah. then, and it because t- it's, it's only turned out, or it did come to my attention fairly recently that there was, somebody found a, um, a a newspaper interview with her when they were promoting Marco Polo, and in that she's saying, "Yeah, this is a good show, but I, I am actually leaving in a few months, and I've got other things up my sleeve already." So there were there were only a couple of months in, and she'd already. Decided, this is I'm not being given what I was hired to do. Um, So yeah, it's nice that she's as positive that she's still really positive about it and talked about her big finishes warmly and things like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Who then? then Who was next? Um, We had.
1: Did did you see Chris Chris Chapman?
0: I didn't see Chris Chapman. I was getting autographs or something at that point.
1: Um, So the the Chris Chapman interview was. It was interesting. He had his um, young daughter there. I think she. I think he said she's three. And he had brought along some of. I presume his comps of the Blu-ray sets and some of his big finishes and sort of gave them out to members of the audience asking them things like who here hasn't heard of Tom Baker big finish? Okay, you now get this Tom Baker box oh, set. Nice. And, he, and his daughter was running around giving them out. <laughs> And she did get a bit bored towards the end. She was running around, opening the blinds and closing the <laughs> blinds. But actually, she gave the room better lighting by closing them all. So,
0: <laughs> ah, she's got the knack. Obviously, it's, yes. in the, it's in the jeans. Yes. It's in the genes.
1: Yeah. And, and they were cute together because she's never seen Doctor Who, but she's here dressed as Jodie. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why am I wearing these clothes, Daddy? I can just imagine. Them.
0: And I imagine that the, the questions from the audience were just 18 different variations of "Okay, but can you hint at which season's
2: coming out next?" It yeah, yeah. wasn't too bad, but it was nice. It was. It's always reassuring to hear that he says he's got he's done about 10 documentaries and he's he, he you know doesn't know and he doesn't actually know when they're all coming out mm. but he said he's 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 got documentaries on the go for eight different releases coming up so Ooh. it's like clearly happening and he mentioned if we do a wilderness years box set that's quite a nice things hear. Mm. so you know it's just lovely to hear that these things are still very much churning out and, and in terms of the someone did ask about what's the rate of them going to be and he imagines two or three a year will probably continue so that's nice to hear Yes. Mm. yes
0: and then they unleashed Katie Manning, as must be done, like smashing a <laughs> bottle of champagne over the brow of a ship. Uh, Katie Manning being activated is when a as cam- when any convention has officially hit full speed. Uh, yeah, I think he said, how are you? He said to her, and 15 minutes later, she was telling us how it was two o'clock in the morning and she was trying her key in every single front door because she couldn't remember which one was her flat. <laughs> and, and and then there was a punchline after that, too, uh, which got a round of applause, as, as only Katie Manning can get. Um yeah, I don't know what else to say. She, she, she just, Katie manning to her, her way through an hour that went in the blink of an eye. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I really loved how during the Q&A, she actually just went up to each person who asked a question. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked her about... Um, Big Finish, because recently for Big Finish, she's come back playing the older Joe that we've right. seen in the minisodes and Sarah Jane Adventures, okay. opposite Tim Traylor as the Doctor. Yeah. Mm. Um, and basically someone said, "Are we seeing any more of those?" And she's like, "Well, look, I don't know because I go in and I'll record, I'll record Joe and Iris for different stories on the same day, so I couldn't possibly say." Mm. whether there's more older Joe Jones coming and after that she nodded vigorously. <laughs> but I can't possibly say. <laughs> there we it's go. like, right there we are. <laughs> uh,
0: then I went I was in a queue I didn't see the writer's panel. Did any of you two see either of you two see that? James Goss and uh, Co.
1: Uh, yeah, I caught a little bit of it where um, Keith Temple was talking about this um, this film he had written that he was very proud of, but it had studio interference, that it has a 2.6 rating on IMDb. Oh, no. But he's it's just happy that it's out there. Mm. And he said also that it's a horror film, and but that it had had good reviews in the horror press. Mm. And while I'm not a big horror aficionado... I do occasionally look up old horror films just out of curiosity, and mm. it's like a lot of them have great reviews from people who love horror films, right. and poor reviews from people who just love film in general. Yeah. So mm. I wonder if... He, he seemed still very chuffed with the result.
2: <laughs> very nice.
0: And then uh, after lunch, uh, then we got we got into the invasion territory, because we had uh, Wendy Padbury and Sylvia James, who was Isabel. And Sally Faulkner, No, I'm getting the wrong way round. i mean, in the all day. If you
2: were listening at breakfast, <laughs> when I was helping Sally Faulkner Sally out Fongner, who about her Quizbowl, and course.
0: Sylvia James, who was a makeup artist on many stories, including the invasion, mm. um, and that that was nice. I love because I haven't seen those any of them before on stage, and uh, they, they they were they obviously all really gelled together, yeah. and uh, yeah. um, and I got to ask questions. As well. I got to ask them what it was like working with uh, with. Um, Tobias Vaughan,
2: Tobias Vaughan himself,
0: Kevin Stoney. Thank you. I I was doing my blanking face there. Thank (laughs) you for the rescue. Uh, And um, yeah, and they they all. and, And I said. I think uncontroversially, I said he's considered one of the greatest Doctor Who villains of all time. And they were, they seemed chuffed to hear that because they said how lovely he was to work with and, and, and how scary he was and what a good performance it was. So, yeah, um, they all had a good, uh, a good time on that one. Yeah. And they talked, and, and um, they were able to talk about the changeover from colour to, no, from black and white to colour. Because, and in fact, Wendy couldn't remember because she was in Crossroads for a while and she couldn't remember whether her episodes were in black and white or colour. Uh, but she, she said, none of them exist. And said something like, don't any of you bloody dare find them. <laughs> <laughs> um, or words to that effect yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah maybe not, not the pinnacle of, of her uh, creative output in her opinion <laughs> but,
2: yeah and then did we, do, we did we broke off because of there's other stuff going on as well of course so what we all had sort of individual missions as you do with these conventions you've always got well I want to get an autograph here I want to get a photo oh. here okay. so I did a, I got a Carol Ann Ford's autograph uh, I got my Unearthly Child DVD autographed so hooray okay. um, what missions did you guys have
1: uh, well, I
2: had a, a photo with Carol Ann Ford.
1: Yes. Um, and uh, then a photo with uh, David Banks, Mark Hardy, and Brian Orell, who are th- three of the 80s Cybermen. So, Cyber Leader, mm. Cyber Lieutenant, and uh, a Cyberman, I think, in Attack of the Cybermen. Yes. And. Um, the, the fun thing with them is I'm five foot four, <laughs> and they're well, all well over six foot. So I, I just, I just walk, walked up and sort of looked up at David Banks, and I said, what is this, a height chart? <laughs> 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 he, he found that very amusing, which is lovely. I actually interviewed David Banks once about 15 years ago, right. but I don't, I don't think he remembers me, um, which is fine. Um, but yeah, that was for a, a day event in sydney mm-hmm. and at that time he was actually doing a lot of research and writing a paper on um real yeah. cyborg implants oh, and right. um the yeah. sort of metaphysical questions surrounding mm. that and we had a chat about that in the green room before his interview and it, it just struck me that i'm like well oh you are really into this and mm-hmm. then i thought of course you wrote that book
2: mm. <laughs> yeah yeah gorgeous book yeah. beautiful
0: as beautiful one of the best cover illustrations or anything that cyberman book yeah. mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and Pete, you got some photographs, right? I did. Yeah, I got
0: myself a photo with uh, with Wendy and Sally um, uh, for, because. So I'm in an invasion frame of mind at the moment because, uh, and coming up very shortly, I'll be on the Doctor Who Literature Podcast reviewing that fantastic book by Ian Marta. Uh and uh, so I got myself a picture with them both. Uh, I, I, I don't know why I, I wanted them attacking me as if they were monsters, uh, and so uh, I'll, I'll share that picture with this. Uh, they were very sweet and very obliging, but also it's partly inspired because. They, they are two diminutive ladies uh, and, and I'm almost six foot myself just about six foot uh, and so there's always that thing of do I crouch down or do I get a picture where it's going to miss my own head off and so instead I'm, I'm, I'm kneeling and they're both going full Witches of Eastwick behind me
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it's exactly the picture I wanted it was a very creative photo of studio there were feather boas flying around everywhere anybody who went <laughs> yeah. in there came away uh, with feathers but Brendan really took it to the next level Brendan can you just oh, tell yes. us what you did today on the, and bear in mind that this is, this is a man currently travelling out of a suitcase Brendan yeah. over to you
1: so so, um some years ago for a friends sci-fi themed birthday party i had a black glittery catsuit made <laughs> styled after the one worn by wendy padbury in the mind robber and the invasion uh and i had always vowed that one day i would wear it for wendy padbury and i was put to the back of the um The photograph line. (laughs) At one point, Wendy walked past me in the line, but because she was looking the other way, she didn't see me. And, and finally, when um, I actually went up and got the, uh, got the picture, Conrad was taking a video of her reaction. Oh, and yes. uh, we had a lovely little chat. And she's like, what is this? And I just said, I had it made for a friend's party. And at the time, I said, one day, <laughs> Wendy Padbury will see this. And here we are. And she just threw an arm around me. And um, Paul, the wonderful photographer here, Paul was took loads of, loads of photos and then said, and hey, can we just get some of you in the suit for our socials? And that has appeared on Instagram. Um, yes, and it was just a really, really lovely moment. Because um, I did, I once did something similar for Daphne Ashbrook. And I think she thought I was sending her up a bit. Right. When I, when I wasn't. But, but also, I, I happen to know that that convention was not a positive experience for her. Um, uh, through some mistakes the organisers made. So... To, and I've, I've done it before with Katie and Kate O'Mara as well, and those yeah. responses all, have all been positive. So it was absolutely lovely. Yeah. And something I didn't notice, of course, is as I'm walking off and on Conrad's video, as I'm walking off, Wendy just sort of turns back to Paul and, and just mouths, Wow, oh. which was That's lovely. Lo- yeah, absolutely lovely yeah. to see. And then i been <laughs> <laughs> quite
0: lucky because it could have been all sorts. Of- <laughs> it could have been a bit of a heartbreaking moment, <laughs> she'd, she'd mouth something else. <laughs> um, no, she's very much. Uh, she was very much on board. That with was it. incredibly yeah. <laughs>
2: impressive. Yes. Incredibly that impressive. Was lovely. Yeah.
1: Um, that that outfit may now go back in the post to Sydney. Because <laughs> there's also some stuff I had for Mexico that I don't need anymore. Sydney, the city, not a person. That's right. Right. Thank you. <laughs> <Just to clarify laughs> That. yeah yes. Um, but yes that outfit has now served as purpose. that's <laughs> fantastic
2: and after all the feather bows and sequins i just mm. felt the duty bound just to butch things up a bit so i went to talk to the um there's because there's obviously various stalls around mm. and there was the uh little prop shop no that's mm. right little prop shop yeah uh, which are a team of guys uh, um josh and james um who d- have got a truly jaw-dropping array array of beautiful replica props these guys have got your Sonics. They've got the uh, you know the Eighth Doctor's bag with all the props. They've got Metabilis crystals. They've got everything. It's absolutely astonishing. Their stuff is incredible and is increasingly getting used for certainly big finish covers, but also some of their props turned up in the Tales of the Tardis recently. Mm-hmm. Like the um, mm-hmm. like the BBC didn't actually have a proper John Pertwee uh, Sonic for. Uh, Clyde and Joe yeah. to wrestle over and they just had a toy one so they were like no so these boys stepped up so look out for more of their props coming up and just go and look up online because they're, they're great and these replicas are amazing and you can buy some of them TARDIS keys Sonics <laughs> get involved I'm
1: very very tempted to buy one of those Romana sonic screwdrivers yeah they 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 ha- they got the original prop they measured it they color matched it as close as possible yeah. with modern materials it looks great it doesn't make sounds but it is made out of aluminium
2: yeah <laughs> and this stuff's electronics. some of this has been hand turned on <laughs> lathes this stuff yeah. is crafted a lot of it's 3- 3d printed got electronics in it really great stuff so i really enjoyed that
0: fantastic um yeah and obviously there's a few a few stalls. people selling books and and, and similar rarities and things uh, John Levine couldn't make it. John Levine has pulled out. Sue, the, Sue Cook moment. Here's an interesting moment because uh, he's always such a calm, calming effect on any uh, uh, any convention. He just brings tranquility and, and level headedness to it. But we didn't benefit from that this time, mm-hmm.
2: did we? When they announced it in the room, a very interesting sonic, <laughs> something very interesting sonically happened. Um, you know, when you when you don't get an ah, but you also can't hear a. Big sigh of relief. You just get crickets. Absolutely no sound at all was made. So we have no comment to make on that. He's yeah. a he's a character.
1: Yeah, I, I I think I may have heard one. Oh, <laughs> but,
0: moving uh, swiftly on. Moving swiftly on because then the sort of. What, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Cybermen. Hang on, we've already talked about seeing them earlier, but then they got their own panel, didn't they? Um, our 80 Cybermen, they are so well-spoken. They are the sheer... If, if you could conquer the universe with received pronunciation alone, <laughs> they would be controlling every planet in, 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 in existence. Uh, and, of course, David Banks can talk about his time on The Ultimate Adventure and other things as well, but, um, yeah, Brian oral and Mark Hardy uh, also had, had their tales of being having their heads screwed on when it, when it was Earthshock and, and uh, um, why they got rid of the glass jaw, which I love. I, re- I remember being whatever I was, nine or ten, and being disappointed in The Five Doctors where you couldn't see their silver jaw anymore. But once they've explained that the silver paint was running and, and so they had to keep unscrewing the heads, take their heads off, spray your face with silver paint, which was horrible, and then screw your head back in it again. And they had to keep repeatedly doing that while shooting Earth Shock. It does kind of make sense that they were yeah. like, okay, let's, let's just paint the jaws silver. Yeah. Um, and but then yeah, and then the final uh, guest uh, who was who was sort of unknown to me in the sense I've never seen her at a convention before, but Jacqueline King, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Donna Noble's mum herself was uh, was on stage, and, and she was a real treat, wasn't she?
2: Yeah, they did. I thought they they started that very well because obviously she has come. Hot foot from the premiere of the episode that she is mm. in next for the 60th anniversary. And they just said, first of all, we are not pressing this woman for spoilers. So none <laughs> of that. And that just made, made life a lot easier. Yeah. It just cooled yeah. the room. And I thought that was a good start. Yeah.
0: Sylvia. There we go. I've remembered. <laughs> what the, sorry, Did I didn't you, you, you didn't Sylvia, even notice me. I didn't desperately, see you that, time. that <laughs> fat, <laughs> she's that bum character, Sylvia Noble. Obviously, I, has
2: anyone else seen her at a convention before? No. No.
0: no, no. But of course, she's done loads of big finishes. In fact, she was doing big finishes before she was doing Telly Doctor Who, wasn't she? Yes. She was in Deadline. Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
1: Derek Jacobi. Thank you. Yeah. And, and she,
0: um, she talked really warmly about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, as being being her, her entry point. Uh, and uh, and you know she was, she was able to talk about all of having watched Doctor Who, uh, uh, yeah. uh, and and you know you know when they really did watch it, you can just tell when, when they're actually they actually are someone who was at least a, a viewer, if not a, if not a super fan. Yeah, and a really um, really but, delightful
2: guest, like I mean, mm, you know we all say oh everyone was lovely, but actually she was she was very engaged and engaging. Yeah, and a really sincere. The
0: four o'clock slot, you've got to bring way. you've got to bring energy to it, and she and she really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very classy. Yeah, yeah very classy. And funny.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, and and, and bless um, her. Uh, um she after her appearance today and she'd been signing autographs most of the day mm. wow you wouldn't know yeah and just, just and sitting next to katie manning's table where the line is always out <laughs> the door. <for laughs> yes. and you know but people whenever i went by there were one or two people with
2: her yeah. you know what i
1: mean yeah. um but then at the end of at the end of our interview, the inter- interviewer said well we can't run too long because you need to leave in about 10 minutes and she's like yes uh, a friend of mine's in a play down the road uh, and i'm going to go see that oh and are you staying over oh no i'll go home after that (laughs) and yeah um and uh, something i really appreciated is uh someone asked her you know because sylvia is quite different from from jacqueline where did Mm. that character come from and she talked about you know from her own mother who was a very forceful uh, of powerful, Well, but no, I should say, yeah. not forceful. And and she's like, yeah, you know, my, my parents were Scottish, so when I played God, I, I played him as a Scot in a, <laughs> in a um, Benny play. Um, so I asked her the question, you know, when the Doctor drops off Donna and he has a go at Sylvia for not having enough faith in her, you then come back in the end of time and the relationship's change. And I mm-hmm. said, what was your process in, as an actor behind that? And she said, well, first of all, it's the script from Russell and it already had that development. And she said, but... I think the general thing you do as an actor is what you should do in life, which is if someone criticizes you, first of all, you're going to get your back up because that's just natural. But then you have to ask yourself, is there anything in it? Mm. And if there is something in it, then you have to start addressing it. And then after that, you become better. And she said, and you know, I I think she said, I can't tell you for sure that's what I did, but that is how I would have approached that. Mm. And I just went, you know, that's that's incredibly powerful and truthful because as she says this is a thing for real life yeah and you know she's Doing that with that character, and of course, she talked about how wonderful Catherine was and Bernard. Yeah, and, yeah, her little that, family unit. A very, very yeah.
2: classy, interesting guest, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So she, said one frustration in the role was that she was gutted that um, she wasn't allowed to smash the car window to rescue oh, Bernard yes. Cribbins because yes. she was absolutely riled up for it and the acting, you know, she was in the moment, she's in the character. And then they pointed out that no, only only, only a specialist health is allowed to is allowed to actually smash glass because of the risk to injury. man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I didn't see the BBC Archive panel because I was getting a photo or something. Yes. Did, did you?
1: I, I saw part of it and that was very interesting. Unfortunately, I didn't catch the lady's name. I wasn't there for the beginning of it. But she was also one of the interviewers during
2: Helen. the day. Oh, oh name it name was, Helen. was Helen. Helen, yeah. thank yeah. you.
1: Um, and yeah, uh, it seemed like I came in about halfway through because I was getting a photo done as well, I think. And she was talking about the new accessibility options um, oh. on the iPlayer. Range, and there was a man up the back who uh, put his hand up and said, "This isn't a question; it's a statement." Um, and he was saying that he is, uh, has a, he is legally blind, great, a great deal of visual impairment, Mm. and he is now enjoying stories that he's been watching for 15 years and mm. finding out new things because they have the audio description wow. and he's like and everything up there has it it's something yeah. that he increasingly uses on dvds and now he can use it on classical too and he was just saying thank you yeah. and um i i choked up a little hearing that that's beautiful you know because i i have friends who have visual impairments, have hearing impairments, mm-hmm. and obviously is not available where I come from, mm-hmm. but given that these resources now exist, it's mm. not beyond the realm of possibility that they're going to turn up on Disney yeah. Either, yeah. internationally, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and she also talked about how they are reprocessing the visual archive, scanning photographs at a higher resolution, um, finding production documentation um, that was previously known but not digitally archived. Mm, mm. And you know, of course that's where the new archives on the Blu-ray sets come from. Yeah. Um so yeah that was very interesting and it was it you know it was a half it was a half hour talk because that could easily be a very dry topic mm. but I think if you're if you're covering you know BBC iPlayer and the collection sets and photographs there's three distinct topics you spend 5 to 10 minutes each and then you have questions I yeah. think that was very well very well structured.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And to round things off, we had a live version of um, the Review, Review of, Death. of Death podcast, which yeah. you can come and listen to on the Review of Death podcast because it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, we, ra- we were rating and ranking, uh, tier ranking every. Doctor regeneration. I wanted to get Choji. I was I wanted to make a really pedantic point that the first time we see someone regenerate in Doctor, who, and it's called that, is at the beginning of part six of the Planet of the Spiders. Um, but I, I kept my trap shut because they had other things to talk about on that front. But yeah, Choji is the first person who regenerates. So he goes, "Oh, this body's a bit worn out, Miss Smith."
2: Uh. And it brought up a lot of dis- that kind of discussion but, about regeneration. Yeah. It was actually quite. A, it, it was actually check? a very interesting uh, discussion, and also they had. It was obviously it was a live podcast. They were just sort of making their tier list, but also very much audio audience participation. So we could say higher, lower. Um, actually, it was fair. Generally, fairly a lot of agreement yeah. in which the best ones were. But you'll have to listen to the Review of Death uh, podcast for that one. Yes. Yep. Yeah.
0: So. Evening entertainment is about to begin.
2: I believe so. Uh, We'd better head down and see what that's all about. (laughs) I
0: think Wendy Padbury could well be uh, the centre of attention, and I don't know whether that's going (laughs) to (laughs) be... The word roast was used. It It was. (laughs) (laughs) Roasting (laughs) Wendy Padbury. And
2: we're about to go and find out exactly what that entails.
0: (laughs) So uh, you may hear from us uh, a little bit more tomorrow. See you later. Bye. Bye.
1: I'm going to get the barbecue sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Greyhound trap one, over. Trap one. Go ahead, Greyhound.
0: And welcome to Sunday afternoon. We all made it through the evening entertainments in one piece. Each obviously, yeah. um, that metaphor, <laughs> <laughs> and that, well, there you go. That probably uh, some uh, illustrates the mental faculty that you're about to get from all of us. There
2: because a ha- it's, it's Sunday, which means there are a few hangovers today. Yes, yes.
0: Convention Sunday is a bit. Is always a bit of a uh, recovery period. Or oh, indeed, people who are just a bit burned out of adrenaline because mm. of because of the the excitement of everything. So what did we have? We had the entertainment in uh, last night with. Uh, the, playing the game of older than sliced bread, uh, two teams. One led by uh, Peter Purvis. One led by was it was it Katie, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Um, and uh, and and they had to guess which was invented first, which was created first. Uh, um,
1: Out of two things, so it might be, for instance, Matthew Waterhouse and. I think he was paired up with Cindy. Yes, that's right. Yes.
0: And 60s Creations, the pair of them. And... Uh, uh, and... Um Jenna Coleman, or Hobnobs. <laughs> Hobnobs, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> it turns out
1: it's Hobnobs, but only by one year. Yeah. yeah. One
0: year. The the, ga- the game takes its name from the fact that William Russell is very slightly older than sliced bread. Sliced mm. bread was actually invented like, a year after he was born or something. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. He was guessing how much things cost uh, we're going for on eBay. <laughs> yes. From uh, signed photos of Patrick Troughton, which went for about a grand, through to bits of murker that went for you know tenor Con- or something a considerably less considerably less that was <laughs> yes. fun and then a little and it re- wasn't Peter Purvis in his element for that because he's, he's such a that's the kind of show he would host yes. <laughs> quite easily on TV <laughs> very much and a bit and a bit of dramatic reenactments of Dimensions in Time well, you know good, good Saturday night entertainment larks and then Sophie, <laughs> yeah. Sophie arrived a little late but dived straight in not even sure what was going on just dived onto stage and thought <laughs> like what can I do <laughs> yes carrying
1: around um, one of the rubbish prizes for the celebrities which was a photo of the royal family from Charles and Diana's wedding lovely and yes and I just I just had to wonder if a certain member of the family was sweaty in the photo or not that was fun and then a bit of Doctor Who Bingo then the Bingo yes Would you haven't played Bingo before no I, you? Haven't. You no. Bingo? No. I have,
0: certainly haven't
2: played Doctor Who Do- Bingo
0: Doctor Who Bingo is Bingo except it's like um, Tabby and Tilda 88 you get the idea Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, then just everyone adjourned down into the bar and, and yeah. yeah carried on for as long as they felt able to Sunday then. Bright and breezy. Actually, it was fantastic having on stage uh, Wendy Padbury, Sophie Aldred, and Peter Purvis, all of whom, of course, had the Tales of Tar- the TARDIS to talk about. It's like finally fresh anecdote <laughs> material for these people <laughs> who are so good at telling anecdotes and entertaining us, they've actually got new stuff to tell us about.
2: Yeah, is to work. Yeah, yeah.
1: What was particularly fun for me about that was um, uh, I didn't mention uh, Rod on yesterday's field report because so he flew in a day before me. He arrived on Thursday and he's been ill for mm-hmm. three days. He w- he was feeling better this morning and that was the panel he'd come along to. Now we'd been travelling separately for two weeks. He had no idea what tales of the Tardis tales from the Tardis were, and he's got this thing about spoilers. He doesn't like spoilers unless they happen in real time. So if it's an actor talking about it, mm-hmm. that is fine. Mm-hmm. So he assumed it was something to do with the specials that are coming up. So he's like, "So do they have a scene?" In-? And I had to explain to him what tales and Tiles were. He's like, "Oh no, that's even better. They get their own thing." So he's a little bit excited about those now. Um, yeah, but and it was also lovely that, say, it wasn't Sophie and Sylvester and Wendy. So it would be unbalanced towards their one. It was mm. one person from three different ones, and Katie talked a little bit about her one yesterday. So yeah. we heard about four of them now. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is amazing, and especially, I loved hearing Peter Purvis talk about Maureen O'Brien, and he, you yeah, know he said she was nervous because, um, I think out of the out, out of all of them, she has acted on television the least recently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because she went back to theatre after Doctor Who and then writing. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that she was nervous and just sort of wanted to get on the set and get it done. And then then when she was on the set she was in irrelevant. And that's what I got watching it. Hers is my favourite performance. Definitely,
2: hands down. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so
1: that and it was just lovely to have Peter being very honest about how she felt, but just enthusing about her.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, that was that was delightful. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, they've they, they got their own styles of acting and their own uh, way of relating to it. And it, um, it was great when Wendy got re- Conrad as an actor. You were you were fascinated when uh, Wendy Padbury got into the intricacies of her contract and the things that they were the haggling that the actors he, did because yeah, well, it was all done on. They were saying they had a couple of weeks' notice. But, um, yeah, Yeah,
2: they were all given sort of It was really nice to see the three of them kind of get lost in conversation, which is what you really want. It's very nice having an interviewer, but there's nothing better than people forget there's an audience there and just get down to having a good old chat. Yes. And, you know, whatever. And actors do like to hunker down, Mm. and uh, they like to, actors like to, A, gossip about people, and B, fret rightly about money. Um, And they did tell a great story about uh, how the contracts from Bad Wolf came in, and. both Wendy and Janet are both agents. Not only do actors talk <laughs> yeah. to each other because Doctor's companions are a network, I like know other, but two of them are fierce agents. So yeah. we're going. Uh, we're not saying this bit. We're not saying this bit. And we're <laughs> yeah. all getting paid exactly the same. And <laughs> that all happened, which is amazing. And It does show that. It, I think Sophie said that is very unique because mm. actors in different, sh- you know, different eras, different shows would normally never talk, but well, because of things like the convention circuit they've all talked to each other so they all know exactly yeah. who, who's on whose rate and yeah, in terms of uh, of two, uh, two actor agents not to uh, mess around with, Janet and Wendy combined, <laughs> and they should yeah. do a phoning each other and comparing notes <laughs> yeah. to their contracts
0: Yeah, Excellent. I, so. I think they said that they figured out they'd probably just been issued with generic contracts as if they were actors who were going to be in some episodes of Doctor Who on telly which of course yeah. they weren't and so yeah. that but if you are doing that there are extra stipulations that mm-hmm. weren't relevant to them so yeah they went that that got redlined yeah. and uh,
1: it, it reminds me of that story as now Fraser Hines tells it about Pat and John where um I think I think it was Pat wasn't interested in doing appearances and and what mm. have you until John persuaded him to come to one and show you how much money you got <laughs> and, and what the perks were yeah. and then sort of in his in his um, final few years Pat really embraced the convention circuit yeah. and you know went to America and would sort of do public drives by sitting in a chair and say hello I'm John Pertwee <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's that spirit of camaraderie that continues, and we and we saw that in other panels today, like the the Will Forth and Dan Starkey panel. They've never done an episode together. No, I don't. I don't think they've done a big finish together. But they were bouncing off each other with their anecdotes, mm. and oh, I, I just had to have stuff painted on my face. Well, I have a whole new face every time I <laughs> appear. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, was really interesting. Really, really yeah. good stuff.
0: Did you see June Hudson? I missed her.
1: I did. I um, I saw about half of that because I was getting a photo done um, with Dan Starkey. But yeah, June was absolutely, absolutely lovely and sort of talking about costume design in general as well as her specific stuff. Um, someone, uh, the interviewer John asked her what she thought of Colin Baker's outfit and her answer was it was professional and it avoided... You know, we, have, we all have common criticisms of that outfit, but I think it was very interesting. She said her main problem with it is the, the key element of the Doctor is surprise. Mm. And the whole thing is the Doctor can blend into the background until he steps out. And in that coat you step in, you've already surprised the audience. You don't have anywhere else to go. And, you know, and she managed to do all that without, without referencing the sort of Pat Godfrey or JNT or the decision-making process. She was just analysing it as a garment. And that was I I, I thought not a, not a not only professional but natural to her mm. like she she's not about oh, I'm trying to blame this person it's just does that work
2: yeah 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 She'd, great stuff
1: she should like you know yeah Trinny and Susanna making over your water, whatever. <laughs> no give me June Hudson doing that show <laughs> absolutely and you also got a photograph of June Hudson I did I did and I was wearing. Um, listeners of Flight like, Through entirety may have seen photos of me in my red and purple stripy shirt that looks like the season eighteen scarf, <laughs> and I, I sort of walked up to June and said, "Oh, I love this." I said, "I just found it in a shop. <laughs> um, uh, it, it was from Uniqlo." And she said, "Oh, really? Well, you know, it just goes to show how well those colours go together." I said, "They did a blue and yellow one as well." And she said, "Oh, yeah, no, I can see that." And the photographer's going, "Guys." Um, Dear dear, dear Paul because that's the thing I deliberately went last at the last call and then during that conversation another ten people had lined up and I said okay we better thank you (laughs) (laughs) and I just mentioned to her that Rod really loves Romana's first look which is the only one she designed for Mary Tam and June just said the designer who came in after me for Mary Tam wanted to put her in jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Mary <it's> stopped stop to that. <laughs> well,
2: it has to be said, Brendan, you have aced it with the photos this weekend. We'll try and maybe just put some of you into the into Twitter because you've yeah. thoroughly taken full uh, advantage of the photo studio. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't collect autographs anymore because when I moved house, I found a bundle of autographs in an envelope from 15 years ago that I hadn't looked at. <laughs> so I decided photographs instead. And just my... my my little fanboy heart has, has leapt when I've gone out, you know, and, and sort of put my uh, put my arm around the Cybermen or stood there with Dan Starkey doing the tenant hands and you know, <laughs> it's it's been lovely. And all all the stars maintain their enthusiasm through that process. Yes. Um and which is quite amazing because they can be standing there with a flash going off in their face for half an hour and you walk up to them and they're still like, Yes, oh come and stand in the middle, here you are. Yeah, that's been... And I much prefer that to getting autographs, to be quite honest.
2: Yeah. yeah you, get, you get more of an interaction, don't you? I think the, so. Cause, <laughs> I mean, I remember hearing once that, uh, that an autograph is really came about it's just like it's just an excuse to go up to somebody initially. Now we've all become a hardcore collectors now, so we want our stuff signed. Yeah. But really the process of, of signing autograph really was just an excuse, because you don't know them, mm-hmm. to go up and say and talk to I them. I have spoken to them. Yeah, so it's, actually, it's actually the interaction yeah. that really, really counts yeah. at the end of the day. Although, you know, of course we're all collectors so we want things signed. It has its own it has its own thing. But I think actually meeting them is really the the name yeah. of the game, isn't yeah. it? A photo's yeah. a lovely way to do that. Yeah.
0: And uh, this afternoon we've had Cybermen. Um, we had the 80s side men yesterday. Yes, uh, and uh, the 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 side men, the next generation, bringing uh, bringing their energy, and they've done a lot. They, but they're not the side men, are they? I mean, they, they've done absolutely All everything. Sorts, they sorts they seem they to they like being yeah. the Ood most, don't they? They're, they're yeah. the comfiest costume. yes, yeah.
1: They're,
2: they're like the udd
1: heads are soft. It's like being wrapped in a pillow, <laughs> very sweaty pillow.
2: <laughs> of course, you know, you always expect you know, a monster. Um, any conversation about with monster performers always c- comes to do with dis comes down to discomfort this the word pain was just used a lot and it was like the different types of pain they were all in depending on which types of shape face you've got your build it's just a question of it's just about pain management it (laughs) really just seemed to be an awful lot about pain management yeah so it really just sort of emphasized really how that still yeah nothing's really changed
1: and it sounded like it took until the next doctor for someone to say,
2: um, "You need to take the heads off these guys." Sometimes it's a thing called the Geneva Convention. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, yeah, and they're quite a breed, aren't they? Uh, like, why don't you, there, there is a difference, isn't there? I mean, obviously, our 80s side men are—they're older gents now. Mm. Um, but it's a, it takes a certain type of energy of these people. They're quite gung ho, good sense mm. of humour, yes. Um, quite physical. They like to stand up and tell you know physical. They tell their stories physically. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So it's a very certain type of. Uh, it takes a certain type of human to be able to put up with that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone can do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And there we are. And so now we're here having coffees and things. There's
0: still more things going on that we might go back and see. Yeah, you saw a bit of. Did you see a bit of the Daleks? We did the Cybermen. I did,
1: yeah, I did see a bit of um, Nick Pegg and Barnaby Edwards, who are always great value. And they. Um, uh, Helen, who was interviewing them, um, asked them about asked them if they realised it's been 30 years they've been playing Daleks because they first played Daleks for 30 years in the TARDIS. God. And um, Nick was sort of asked first and didn't disclose the fact he was six foot three and just said, yes, of course I could. could." (laughs) And and then when he was told, oh, we need about six people, he called him Barnaby because they'd been at Um, drama school together and the way Barnaby tells it is he got there and there were five sort of gorgeous fan-made Daleks and one at the back that was clearly belonging to the BBC and that Mm. was a ramshackle and whatnot so Barnaby (laughs) made a beeline straight for the first one and then everyone else jumped in and he said Heather Barker was one of them from the audio visuals, and Mark Gatiss was another one (laughs) Um, and then as everyone gets in he hears a conversation outside his Dalek. Like, Vic is too big for the <laughs> crappy Dalek at the end, so everyone has to get out, and <laughs> Barnaby has to get into the crappy. Oh. But Barnaby said he got his revenge because he was the sole Dalek
2: in Dalek. Yes. <laughs> wow.
0: Fantastic! So, yeah, um, it's flown by. Um,
2: yeah, it's good to think there's, there's a farewell to go. No, there's another, there's one more panel. I think we've got Sir Karen Gledhill. Yep, from remembrance. remembrance and there's a Remembrance dialogue here today that's yes. a very beautiful thing to see mm-hmm. um, so, and then it's then it's goodbyes yes yep. um, but overall it seems like it's I actually now feel like I've been here for quite a long time. Well this is the first convention you've done for years, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't the last one I did was in twenty nineteen, which oh. is the Curse of Fenric reunion which we covered on trap one. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I haven't done a convention. I've done the BFIs, which are like mini day long conventions. Bear, yeah, but I haven't yeah. done a full one for ages and they're are just it's just really fun. It's as always it's the people and the hanging around and the, the random encounters of bumping into people in lifts <laughs> and bars. That's always the really, really fun bit, but it's been yeah. it's been yeah, been a blast. And we, then they've got more coming. Well, when are this? So this is run by Phantom Films. Mm. Um, they've got some more. One of the next ones coming up. They've obviously yeah. got the Chiswick signings. that are ongoing.
0: Yeah, and then they've got the the one day uh, is um, Valiant in Sheffield in March, and then there's Utopia in June, the big one.
1: Uh, yeah. Mm. And, and you were saying earlier today, Pete, because you and I have both been to Utopia before. The Pandora has a very different energy. And not not in a bad way, but it's just it's just a different feeling to Utopia, despite being run by the same people and having the same the same calibre of guest.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think, um, and it's also a different type of venue. So this is more of a, this is like an, a upside, more normal hotel, whereas Utopia is at more of a sort of conference centre. So at, at Utopia there is more sort of room to spread out, and, and uh, whereas here you know, the, the bar isn't hasn't got quite as many enough seats and that sort of thing. <laughs> but the rooms are a bit plusher here because mm. it's a more it's a more plush hotel. But yeah. So yeah, I hope you have enjoyed a little bit of vicarious conventioning if you haven't been able to make it yourselves or if you're at that London film and comic mega convention that's going on this oh, weekend, yes. which I think quite a few people are at. I
2: think all the young people were there. And all the yeah, young people yeah, were there, yeah. and f- definitely an older crowd. And,
0: and a few, I mean, Sophie Oldred actually I saw she was having photos with people at like at, down there at like three o'clock, and then she was on stage here at seven. Um, so she she she, uh, she really cracked away up, up the uh, whichever motorway it is, the M4. So yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, keep yeah. listening to Trap One, and uh, there might be more Sophie Eldred to be heard from Trap One quite soon. indeed take care. Bye-bye. bye Bye
1: bye.